Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals. And get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, how you doing, man? I'm excited, DJ. I am excited because we have a great guest today. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman comes on. And, man, we've talked off air. This guy has a presence about him. I'm excited to kind of pick his brain a little bit about all things that are going on with the Fighting Irish. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, uh, uh, I'm always so pumped for these podcasts when we get a chance to talk to these type of guys because you're talking about leaders, no doubt, but you're also talking about pressure. So a lot of times the great leaders emerge when you have pressure situations. I, you tell me, is there, is there a bigger pressure job uh, than the head coach in Notre Dame? Uh, this is a, a historical program as we have in college football. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can't think of a, a program with more pressure on them than Notre Dame. The expectations are through the roof. The standard is sky high. They expect their team to not only uh, compete for national titles, on the field, but they expect them to be able to dominate in the classroom as well. And I know there are a lot of schools that talk about it, but look, man, when you go through and we've done it from the scouting biz, like it's hard to get through there uh, and not be an achiever. And so, yeah, he has tremendous amount of pressure because you not only have the alums, you have the subway alums and all of the things that go along with Notre Dame 
from yesteryear to now the expectations are through the roof. No doubt. Um, also, he's got a chance to uh, to coach some really good players this year. You look at their roster, uh, Michael Mayer, tight ends, a big-time prospect. Isaiah Foskey, a defensive end, coming off an 11-sack year. One of the top centers in the country in Jarrett Patterson and a safety transfer, Brandon Joseph, from Northwestern. So we'll get a chance to get his take on those four players during this conversation, as well as Buck can actually share something with Coach that you got to stick around for because you're going <laughs> to love this. It's other sport-related, and yeah, spoiler alert, it ain't baseball and it ain't <laughs> basketball. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that part of the conversation. It's outstanding. Uh, without further ado, here's our conversation with the head coach at Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. All right, Buck, excited to have our next guest with us here. we got Coach Freeman from Notre Dame uh, joining us. And, uh, Coach, first of all, I guess my, my question is, wh- when was that moment where you kind of woke up and said, holy crap, I'm the head football coach at Notre Dame? <laughs> <laughs> it's been really, uh, I can't tell you, countless days since I actually had that phone call. Um, yeah. Again, it becomes what you do now, a part of your life. But I still have those days where you wake up and you, you, you remind yourself, man, of what the great – opportunity and the privilege you have to be the head coach here you know coach and in, in, in thinking about that because um everybody wants to be a head coach um at a big level so now to have your opportunity what was the first thing that you did when you were named the head coach at Notre Dame Ooh, the first 48 hours I wasn't allowed to do anything you know I was told on a Wednesday that that hey we're going to name you head coach and and from Wednesday to Friday, I was under strict orders to don't answer your phone, do not talk to anybody. But what I want to do is get around my guys, you know, and, and that's what I want to do. And, and that Friday, there's a video out of me being able to be introduced to my players and, and us embracing. But that's what I want to do. I want to be around our players who was at, who were asking, hey, who's the head coach? Are you going to be our head coach? And, and that's what it's all about. For all, it's always been about the players. It's about serving our players and, and helping these young people reach their goals. Coach, I'm curious what happened after that moment. I saw that video is, is so awesome, that that individual moment. But I'd love to know what your message was to those guys uh, after that embrace and that celebration. What was the message of where you need to take this thing going forward? Well, I was really focused on the, the, the short term, right? And that was trying to prepare for a bowl game. I owed it to the seniors and to those guys that have put so much sweat and equity into this program that, hey, we're going to do everything in our power to try to finish off that that season as champions. And, and we didn't accomplish that goal. But, um, you know, I think we all grew from that that situation. We learned, you know, and that's what I tell them all the time, man. You win or you learn and be able to learn from that opportunity and that situation. Um, I think will help continue to develop us and continue to motivate us as we move forward. You know, Coach, yeah, so it's interesting. I'm glad that you kind of talked about that opportunity to kind of be the head coach during the bowl game and the bowl game prep. Uh, No one can tell anybody what it's like to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like a trial run. What did you learn in that brief period, getting the team ready to play in the bowl game that you think can help you going forward uh, as a head coach? Well, I think I go back and I look at the preparation and you look to figure out why we weren't uh, successful in that game. And I think you learn many things. But the biggest lesson I learned was we've got to be intentional in terms of, you know, how we're coaching, but who we're bringing into this program. And so I kind of went back and said, OK, this place deserves the best coaches in the country. we got to be very intentional in terms of who we bring in here and how we teach our players. And so because they they deserve the best. And um, we made a couple of changes and, and I feel like we've got an unbelievable uh, a coaching staff. And, and and now we always evaluate, man. We always look at the, the, the training, uh, the bowl game preparation in terms of how to prepare for a game. Then you look at spring 
in, in 15 practice and how we prepare. And so you always formulate those thoughts as you go into the fall and prepare for your first game in, in a season of, of 12 games. Coach, I, I wanted to ask you this question as I've been following your, your coaching career, because I feel like a lot of times we talk about and what we do on the scouting side, the evaluation process, and you do that in recruiting. Uh, then we talk about the X's and O's and the schemes that, that everybody uses. But I feel like maybe that missing ingredient, something you've been so good at is a development uh, portion of this process. Where did you come up with your development plan with these guys? Because I can look at the guys that they get your, you get your hands on them and to see the improvement that they make over time has been quite impressive. I think he's just developed over time from my own development to seeing others. And in every place I, I've been, I try to learn, right? You try to grab something from everybody you're around. And, and you know, I, I still think we have to remember that as much notoriety and as much uh, celebrity status, maybe some of these young people will have, they're still young people and they're still 18 to 22 year olds that need to learn and need to develop. And, and how do we continue to develop them? How do you always find ways to find a better way? That's something that I believe in is challenge everything. Find a better way to teach them. Find a better way to, to coach. Find a better way to do anything you're doing. And so I cons uh, continuously challenge myself. I challenge our staff to, to always evaluate what and why we're doing things. And, and let's see if we can find a better way. You know, Coach, having watched you from afar and watched your career uh, going from Cincinnati now to Notre Dame, the one thing that has always struck me is you appear to have great relationships with your players. And sometimes on the outside, people can perceive that to be that quote-unquote, players coach, and sometimes it's viewed in a negative light. Can you tell me why it's really important to have great relationships with your players when you're trying to push them to another level as a head coach? Yeah, I say this all the time. Like, I am a players coach, and what, did that, what does that mean to me is that you, there's no great coach without great players, and that means we better recruit great players. We better make sure that we understand that if we don't have great talent and great players in our system and our program, then we're not going to be great coaches. But the other part of that is, is how I like to lead. And I lead, I tell them all the time as a, as a teammate and yeah, I'm the captain and I set the standards and I hold each other accountable, but we're all in this thing together. They cannot depend on one guy to continue to hold each other accountable. We all have to do it. And, and we're in a fight together. We're going to win together. We're going to lose together. Um, but you're going to have a coach that 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 loves you, um, that's going to push the heck out of you to make sure you reach your goals. But at the end of the day, I'm going to respect you and make sure that you know you got a coach that has your back. Coach, I, I'm curious. You know, a lot of that comes about with getting the right people in the building. When, when you're going through that evaluation process, that recruiting process, you know, is there is there some non-negotiables with you when you're talking about players coming into your program? I wish it was, was black and white, um, but it's not. You know, we really have to understand, though, that we can't bring in people that will not be successful here. And mm -hmm. that is a process. That's an evaluation process from coaches, um, head coach, from admissions, from other. We have so many checks and balances to try to do um, kind of just uh, research in terms of do we think this young person will have a chance to be successful at Notre Dame? And um, that process is a long one, a lengthy one that that isn't black and white. There's some gray to it. But. Um, if you don't really, really um, value education, if you don't value hard work um, in the classroom, not just on the football field, this isn't going to be the right place for you. There is no certain GPA you have to have. There isn't a certain ATC or SAT score you have to have, but you have to really appreciate what this place will give you in terms of academically and, and really be committed to studying and preparing to have success in a classroom, because that is such a vital piece of what it takes to be a part of this place and what Notre Dame stands for. And so we have to make sure 
the best players in the country that fit that characteristic, fit those characteristics are the ones we're going out there. I, I want to follow up on that real quick, Buck. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach, had there been meetings, had there been times with your staff together where you've had to make some of those hard decisions, say, man, we love the talent. We, 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 we see that, but this is just, man, this, is, this might not be a good fit. Yeah, it, it happens every day. And I continue to tell our staff and myself that, hey, we have to do what's right for Notre Dame. And that's hard when you get emotionally attached to a certain individual. And so it could be sometimes the head coach. It could be sometimes our head of admissions. You know, we interview every, our admissions. It interviews everybody that we bring on official visit, everybody that we're looking to um, bring to Notre Dame. And at the end of the day, they're the ones that can give us thumbs up or thumbs down in terms of he's a fit for this place or not. And so there's been times where maybe we disagree and you know what? At the end of the day, we all have to have what's best for Notre Dame at the forefront of our heads. You know, Coach, I think it's interesting. The last two questions to me lead me to a place where I think DJ and I both work for organizations where we really value guys who are high academic, very smart guys. And so from your standpoint as a head coach, you talked about the academic rigors of being able to get through at Notre Dame. How does it benefit you, though, to have a collection of guys who are very intelligent, who have put in a ton of work academically. How are you able to take that and really make it a strength for your team on the field? Yeah, I think these young people are forced every day to to really strain their bodies and their minds. And what does that mean? Yeah, you're going to strain your body here in the weight room, on the practice field. But every day when you leave our football facilities, you have to strain your mind. You have to go to class. You have to really, really study and learn the the information you're being given. And so what I think the cumulative effect of that is a, a young man that's battle tested. And I'm not just talking about on the field, but in, in every aspect of his life. And then that helps you towards the end of the season. Right. That our guys usually don't tire out because they're used to the grind in different situations um, every day. But you're also producing great young men. You know, I think what Notre Dame forces you to do is to be a well-rounded individual that that, you know what, you have a bond with those other students here. There's only eighty five hundred students here and not many people at Notre Dame are from South Bend. So it forces you to become a community and really lean on each other and count on each other during those tough times. And so that's why I think, uh, you know, it's really a unique situation, but also a privilege to be a part of this place. Coach, I go back in your history. I actually was able to dig back through and found some some old reports from your Ohio State years. Looking at all the guys that were in your class, I might hit you up with one a little bit later. Uh, get your thoughts on it. See how we did. Uh, but one of the things I think about your team that you played on was the, just the competitive depth that you had. You know, you guys were deep across the board, and how that can elevate the program. Where where is Notre Dame at right now in that regard, and what needs to take place for you to get to the next level? I think we are we, we're in a good position. And you talk about, I think, at the end of regular season, we were fifth in the country last year and, and Notre Dame made two out of the past three playoffs before that. And so it, you're part of the elitists now to get to the to the top. Right. That's our ultimate goal. We have to, one, continue to bring in some of those top tier players that fit this place. Right. We, we talk all, all the time. We talk about it as a staff. We look for high trust, high ability performance players. You know, I think right now we have a lot of high trust and, and really above average, man, to, to really, really good football players. But we have to continue to find the best in the country, right, that fit this place. And, and that's what our staff has been been able to do. They're doing a, We're doing an excellent job in terms of recruiting um, right now. But we still have a way to go to continue to, to reach that pinnacle that we're all striving to get to. But our focus right now is, hey, 
we're going to focus on this team. We're going to focus on this roster we have and develop it to the to the utmost degree that we can, right? And and get to that point where we're we're as close as we can to the optimal optimum performance that we can perform. Coach, I think your coaching journey is is really unique, um, particularly because you've been at some powerhouses. You've also played the role of the underdog where you had to develop, and now you're back at a powerhouse. And thinking about your experience and your time at Cincinnati when you might not have been afforded all of the resources or maybe the best players, what were you able to learn from taking the hand that you dealt there but getting those guys to play at a high level, and how can it help you at Notre Dame? I think – you know, I think about those four years at Cincinnati and, and the first year wasn't so great. We won four, four games and uh, I think it made us really um, reevaluate, you know, defensively what we were doing, why we were doing it. But we also, man, Coach Fickle ran a program that was tough and and we pushed those guys and, and they committed to the bigger picture. They committed to each other and, and they we recruited at a high level. I mean, we had nine guys, Cincinnati had nine guys drafted this year. And so there's no, you know, Mis- you know, a misunderstanding about why they were so successful. Um, but I think what you can utilize there, bits and pieces of it to hear, one, again, it's it's about players, right? Let's get the best players in the country to fit this place. But two, continue to push them, right? The mind is the mind and the body are two different things. And if we can push the body, man, to, to really, really go places that maybe sometimes the mind even won't let you go, that's that's to me what I take from those times in Cincinnati to, to what we're developing here. And that sense of brotherhood, you know, I think Notre Dame naturally, you know, makes that happen. But also we have to continue to preach it as a staff and, and hold our guys accountable and, and really try to get them submit to a bigger picture greater than themselves. All right, we're going to try and get some homework done ahead of time here, Coach, because I know we are a long ways away from the next draft. We just got done with the previous one, but we're always looking ahead. And I know you got some intriguing guys there. Uh, so I want to hit you up on a couple of them. Tell me about your tight end, man. Special, special, special. That's the word I can use for him. Um, I was able to meet him when I was at Cincinnati because he's from right across the river um, in Cub Catholic. And, and I remember going to a, an event and getting a chance to meet him and um Wow. Am I glad that he's on our team? And uh, I knew from the day I stepped in here, he's a different animal. And uh, I expect him to be a dominant tight end and and be one of those guys that are drafted really early next year. Let me hit you up. Buck, let me hit him up with a couple more here. Give me give me Foskey here. Give me the defensive end. 11 sacks last year. I haven't got a chance to study him yet, but just talking to buddies in the league, they're fired up about this guy. He's a freak. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and he's only been playing the position really for three, four years. And uh, he's continued to learn um, what it takes to be a successful defensive and outside linebacker as he will project at the next level. But um, Foskey's a guy that will, has very been very productive. We challenged him to try to break Justin Tuck's record. He was close. I think Tuck is at 13 and a half sacks, uh, which is the record for Notre Dame. And so um, I know he's trying to break his single season and the, the the school record for sacks. And so we'll continue to push him, but he's expected to have a really, really good season. All right, last two guys, Coach, and I'll, I'll let Buck jump back in here. I'm just – I'm cheating, Buck. I'm just trying to get some notes. <laughs> I'm trying to get early in, so I get it. Yeah, it's early. It's just like they're turning your homework in early, man. Uh, you got your center there in Jarrett Patterson. You've got the safety that transferred over from Northwestern and Brandon Joseph. Tell me about those two guys, Coach. Yeah, Jay Pat's a returning captain, right? He was a captain as a junior, um, had a chance to go to the NFL and decided to come back and really is a leader on our offensive line but the entire unit. So he's going to really benefit from a year of coaching over Harry Heastan, and, and I'm excited to see what he does for us and then Brandon Joseph man is a kid that's only been here for 15 practices but done an unbelievable job came in here with high expectation and has performed right and and 
that doesn't that isn't easy to do when people hold you to this standard of being this all-american from northwestern and come in and you know what i think a lot of people understand why and so uh, i'm excited for both of those every every person you just mentioned i'm excited for what they're going to do for us next year you know coach i i know the standard is high uh at notre dame like i i played with a bunch of notre dame guys down the line and i know the expectation you guys don't give our rings for anything other than national championships mm -hmm. and so for you uh, as you think about your first season, what would be successful in your eyes? Not necessarily in terms of win totals and those things, but what should the product look like on the field if it's a successful team, according to Marcus Freeman? Yeah, I mean, the goal is a national championship, and and that's very clear, and, and I don't want to set any goals that are lower than that. Um, but then what is – you can say that, but then what is your focus every day? It's not to go out there, hey, every day we're national championship. No, we're saying that's our goal. How do we get there, right? We focus on who we are, right, and the development of this roster. And you know what? We do want to be a tough, a disciplined, and a team that doesn't have a lot of penalties, that can run the ball and stop the run and score points and obviously keep points off the board. And so all those things encompass what I want this team to be be about and look like, but, but ultimately you have an, an – a maximum level that you can perform at, right? And I think every day our focus is to get as close as we can to that maximum level so that in those 12 guaranteed opportunities that we have to play this game, you know what, let's perform as close as we can to that maximum level and let's see where that leads us to, right? We might go against a team that maybe their maximum level is higher than us. We can't we can't do anything about that. We can really just focus on who we are and how, how much development we have here over the summer in the course of training camp. And then when September 3rd comes around, let's go play. Coach, I'm curious how you would divide your time during these summer months because, you know, the NFL, as you know, you've got your general managers thinking long term. You've got the coaches who are thinking short term. You, at the college level, you got to do both. You got to be thinking about your recruiting class two, three years down the line, and you got to be thinking about how you're going to win your opening game. How yeah. do you go about balancing that schedule in, in the here and now, but also the future? Yeah, it's, it's still a struggle of mine. You just blend everything together right now. But I think <laughs> the thing I've learned is to really depend on the people around you. Trust them to do their job. And we've hired some unbelievable coaches, some unbelievable support staff that everybody has a job to do. And everybody's role is as important as mine as the head coach. And you have to trust them to do their job and, and not try to do their job. And so I've really been able to do that. Um, I believe in our staff and, and those people that are around me. And, and as I said earlier, just as I am with the players, I am with this staff. I'm a teammate and I'm here to help them. And, and I'm here to, to do this mission that we all have uh, together. You know, Coach, it's, it's, it's really um, intriguing to think about your time at Ohio State with Jim Trussell. What are some of the things that you were able to learn from him being a player up under him doing that successful run that you had at Ohio State? I can't tell you um, how many lessons I've learned from him, and I still learn today. You know, I still uh, depend on him for a lot of different uh, lessons to, to teach and to learn and bounce ideas off of. But you know what? Ultimately, the thing I learned from Jim Trestle was everybody's important, right? And nobody's above anybody else, and you treat everybody with respect. And, and um, he was an unbelievable leader, an unbelievable example for um, how to lead, how to be a father, how to be a husband. Um, uh, again, there's so many lessons I learned under Jim Trussell, but at Ohio State, too. Um, what a great experience I had for five years there as a, as a player, then come back in GA there. And so, you know, there's many different situations and environments that I've been through in my entire life that all have made me who I am today. And so I'm forever in debt to all of them. Oh, I'm going to get you in trouble with this one because I went to App State. And so I know, obviously, you're the Notre Dame head coach. I want to go back to your time at Ohio State. 
where were you when we when we beat Michigan, and how good did that feel? Dude, I, was, I was at um, I was at <laughs> State. We were playing a home game, you know, and, okay. and I think I saw that in the locker room. They were playing that in the locker room, and so um, I'm not going to say on here if I was happy or upset. But, um, <laughs> I'm just going to say I did see it, and I remember seeing that field goal being made, and uh, that's how I'm going to end that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I couldn't help it, but I couldn't help it when I get a buck around here. It's like a, we're kindred spirits, man. Like there's a connection that can't be broken. Uh, it, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, that rival game, I think about that game, going to that game and understanding that. But now, Coach, you're at Notre Dame where you have a ton of big rivalry games. And so when you think about getting the team ready to play in the motions that come along with playing some of those rivals, some of those games that are on the calendar, how do you control the emotions for those teams in those moments. Yeah, that's something I hope that you you could ask a lot of our players and they'll hear me say all the time, one day, one life, one game, one life, right? And that every game we play is the Super Bowl. And how do we make sure that we enjoy those victories? We, we enjoy those times that we have success, but our focus now goes to the next one, right? One game, one life. And, and you learn from that previous game, but it really has really no impact on the performance of the next game. And so I want our players to truly understand that, hey, it's play by play and game by game. And, and you can't put too much emphasis on one game in terms of what it does for your program and what it does for the next game. Right. And so we have to truly just spoke, take one game at a time. And I know that's coaches talk one game at a time, but yeah. we live our life that way. One day, one life, uh, one game, one life. All right, coach, you've been super generous with your time. Last one, uh, then, then I'll let you run here. But. Uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to, to tell the fans out there, the folks who listen to the podcast here as well. You know, if you turn on a Notre Dame football game during your tenure there, what is the identity of the football team? The names and the players are going to change year after year. But what is the identity of a Marcus Freeman led Notre Dame football team going to be? Well, I think to answer that, I'll just go over what we call as our golden standard. And this is what describes our football team, but also describes our program. And number one is challenge everything. So as you think about challenge everything in terms of a football team, you know what? That's going to be a team that's creative, a team that finds better ways to do what they're doing. Right. A team that, you know, just isn't just doing things by the book. We're going to be aggressive on offense, aggressive on defense and really find different ways to make sure we have success. Number two is unit strength. And, and what that means is really love is that we're going to love and sacrifice for the man next to us. So what does that how does that look in terms of football? That hopefully you don't see a lot of penalties. You don't see a lot of selfish plays. You see teams truly you see individuals just sacrificing for the man next to them and, and giving that person everything they have. And the last thing is the competitive spirit. And that's something that we try to find ways to develop that every day in meetings in practice and in anything we do, we want to continue to develop that competitive spirit. So on a football field, that that's what I hope that you'll see is in the fourth quarter or when the game's on the line, you're going to see a group that's just starting to get going. And uh, that's what I love about this place. And I love about this team. And we're going to continue to develop that identity. All right, coach. So, so I'm, I'm going to lean on you because I'm a high school head coach. This will be my fourth season. Um, and I know that head coaches love reading books. So I need to have a book to read over the summer as I'm getting ready for the season. Is there a book recommendation that you have for me? Here's one that I'm just finishing up right now, right? I don't know if you can see that. It's called The Program. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. The Program. And so it's really about, you know, some military type, leader, military type leadership, but just talks about um, setting standards, right? Setting standards, um, you know, holding guys accountable, right? And they all got to be 
that they all got to be aligned with your goals. And so that's been really beneficial to me. You know, something it talks about in there is about, hey, there is no such thing as a vocal, uh, I mean, a, a, a leader by example. Right. And that, hey, if you're a leader by example, that means you do whatever you're asked to do really, really well, but you don't say anything. Right. So I just said, just call that. Say that's what you are instead of, you know, we need more leaders. Right. And that that hold each other accountable and that really guess what your job is to take care of the team, because if you see somebody performing underneath the standard, right, or, or below the standard and you don't say anything, that becomes a new standard. So um, those are those are different books I'm reading. Well, that book right there is one that I'm reading right now that is truly going to help me. Okay, so I got one for you. I don't have a book for you, but I'm going to advise you. Study up on the Tampa Bay Lightning's culture. Okay. Going for their third straight Stanley Cup. And in reading and consuming everything that they're talking about, Coach, it is player-first program, high level of accountability, and playing the right way. This is a team that, look, they've won the third most playoff series in a row. And when you dig down, they talk about holding everybody from the stars to the new rookie accountable and the players police themselves. It's a great culture to study and, and really dig into. Well, how do you, how did you, how do you learn about it? Look, that? so there's a lot of different articles and stuff um, okay. on the athletic uh, now because they're in the Stanley cup with yep. uh, playing the, the avalanche. There's a lot of stuff that's talking about it. And their coach, John Cooper is outstanding, but I consumed a bunch of podcasts and a bunch of stuff. I kind of do that like when we're going through the playoffs and I'm like, oh, the heat are here. Why are the heat always here? So yeah. then you go and kind of dig down and figure out what they're doing. The same thing with the lightning. But I just came off a weekend where I kind of dug into the lightning and the common denominator is accountability. Mm-hmm. All those teams that do it year after year after year, they find a way to hold guys accountable. So when you talked about that book, the program, it reminded me of what I studied over the course of the weekend. Love it. I love it. There you go. Uh, there you go. I love I love when we go back and forth like this. Buck, that was like when uh when I sat next to the assistant GM of uh, gosh, where he's with the the Kraken, the new team at yes, Seattle. Seattle. And he had told me he was talking about Tampa Bay and it was at the trade deadline. And he said they if you look at them and study them, every year at the trade deadline, they don't go for any type of big names like big impact guys. He said they always just get glue guys. They get guys that are veteran like glue guys, and they're like those are like their little missing pieces. Uh, and then yeah. they do the same thing every year. But yeah, I, I don't know a darn thing about hockey, but the team building stuff translates no matter you know what what you're studying. I like that. More glue guys. We need more glue go. guys. I like that. There you go, Coach. You, you're the best, man. It's been you're a great, pleasure man. to 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 visit with you. Hopefully, the first of many, and uh, hopefully, we get a chance to visit again uh, as we get through the fall. Appreciate you, man. Awesome, man. Thanks, guys, for having me on. All right, Buck. Let's take let's take a quick break. I want to dig in uh, to what we learned from Coach on that conversation. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. 
View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs. Because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Uh, what do you think, Buck? I mean, that's an impressive guy. I mean, I remember scouting him back at Ohio State. And, uh, you know, I think you can say, okay, he's a young head coach, but this guy still has paid his dues. He has worked his way up through programs. And, uh, and I'm stoked that he has this opportunity at Notre Dame. I think they're in good hands. Yeah, I think they are in great hands. Uh, he's great hands, one, because I think he's an excellent man. I think when you talk to people about him and his interactions and conversations with his players and the way that there's a healthy and mutual respect between he and his guys and how they respond to him, I think that video after he got the job and walked in speaks volumes about the connectivity that he has with his team. 
I'm excited. Now, I know it's a tough job. It's one that he is going to have to learn quickly, and he's going to have to kind of make mistakes, hopefully, while he's winning games. But, man, I, I just love the fact that he has an opportunity on a big stage with a program that has the resources that might allow him to reach his potential as a head coach. Um, all right. I want I want to just touch on three things here. Uh, the three things he mentioned, that identity of the Notre Dame football team. Give me your thoughts on kind of the, the, the three mentioned. Challenge everything, unit strength, competitive spirit. What stands out to you? Well, challenge everything uh, to me is, look, man, let's dare to be different. Even though things have been kind of status quo at Notre Dame for a while, like there's no reason why these guys can't be in the final four. They've been in the final four. They've been in the playoff. They have seen what it is. But he talked about, you know, the biggest hurdle is going to the next level. And some of that is talent acquisition to go with the talent development. And so they got to challenge themselves to find a way to develop the players that they get while also challenging the norms when it comes to recruiting, recruiting the best players, the players that are willing to embrace the challenge of dealing with the academic rigors of succeeding at Notre Dame while also playing a very competitive schedule that is really going to reveal if you're an A-level player or not. No doubt. Uh, I, I just – look, sometimes you can argue about the plan, this plan or that plan. The whole thing to me is you got to have a plan, you got to believe in it. And you can tell listening to him talk, he believes wholeheartedly in everything that he's preaching to these players. Um, and they have a talented roster, so it's going to be fun to follow uh, Notre Dame in this upcoming season. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? Uh, it's always fun when we get these guests. You know, when we get guys um, – that are in a relaxed environment and able to share that conversation was terrific. So I look forward to bringing on more guys to kind of open up and just kind of find the inner workings of college and pro football, because it's always fun to me. All right. That's going to do it for us today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I told you, Bucky had some hockey knowledge. I did not know Bucky was going to go there. I love that. That was fantastic. When you get the head coach in Notre Dame taking notes when you're, when you're coming, then you're doing something right. Nice work, Buck. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll catch you next time right here on Moving Sticks. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. 
At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 